Welcome back to The Experience. I'm Dirk Bradley. And I'm Warren Rustborough. With the first battle axis quest of the season complete, we wait for the judges' scorecards and a thorough examination of the loot. They're inspecting that mysterious booty like a bunch of mystical proctologists. What are they looking for in there, Rusty? Some kind of white hot booty curse? Curses are a very real threat, though not as common as one might think. No, a thorough examination is needed to determine the power level of magical items and the value estimate of found objects in case the adventurers should choose to sell. It's a tough choice, Rusty. If I were a struggling novice, I don't know if I could do it. I mean, meals for a month or a stylish bearskin rug for my lounge to match the one in my den? Call me a coward, but I don't think I could make that kind of sacrifice. One of life's greatest challenges is coming to terms with your own limitations. That's beautiful, Rusty. Who said that? Me. I did. Just now. No, I, I mean before. While Dirk challenges himself, let's take it over to Page Theta Row, on the scene in the battle center. Thank you, Warren. I stand in the beating heart of the League. All around me there is work to be done as production assistants, engineers, and stewards hustle their bustle to carry out the obtuse and cryptic orders of their supposed superiors. It is here that the work of the League is truly done, not in stuffy offices where painted goons evulse wealth from the work of the greater beings. As I look into the hollow eyes of these tired and broken creatures, scurrying about their tasks like ants in the hive, I think of the crushing truth of a universe wherein hierarchy must extirpate the precious, fragile ego of its participants, where without collaboration little can be accomplished. But those self-same accomplishments require a willing destruction of the self, and therefore, any and all joy that might have been attained in their completion. I see. And what are these ants doing now? Oh, look! They're having a little party! With pizza and nibbles! What fabulous excess! And well earned. After a flawless execution of the first adventure of the season, the staff have more than earned a brief respite from their omnipresent duties. What is it, Dirk? What's wrong? <sighs> Nothing. It's, it's the, the pizza, pizza party. Tell you what, Dirk. I'll buy you a pizza after the broadcast if you do your job. <laughs> a pizza alone does not a party make. Well, then I guess I'll just enjoy a delicious melty pizza all by myself. Well, well hold on, Russ. I, I didn't say that. If you want the pizza, you'll have to do an excellent readout for the break. As the novice team Gold Dragon returns from the first quest of the season, we wait with bated breath for their final scores. Will this unlikely group of commissioned combatants bring home the gold, so to speak? My gods, it's work. Is there anything pizza cannot do? Or will the bronze of their metal, both TT and D, be tarnished by too many goof-em-ups? I shouldn't have said anything. Let's find out together. Right now. 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 The nascent novice team, Golden Dragon, finds themselves walking through a tunnel of absolute blackness toward a pinprick of light in the distance. You emerge into the airlock as the skin of the axis closes behind you. Glass doors open opposite as the ones behind close. Inside the collar, you see the unusually tall man you saw earlier, 
the lead scientist and the director for Collar Operations. He's gesturing you down the catwalk. Iavos's hands are shaking and his eyes are filled with big, wet, juicy tears. Oh my gosh, my heart is still beating. Yep, that's generally the point of that sort of exercise, is for all of us to still have our hearts beating. Would holding hands make you feel better? I will be fine. I just... The tragedy, the blood, it's a bit much to process. In the moment, it seemed quite natural, but I can't seem to get the images out of my mind. Gaspar is going to turn his hip slightly so that three bloody burlap sacks are not in your view. How how shifts, like he's discovered that there's something like trapped in his clothes, pulls out a hand and just kind of throws it onto the ground. <laughs> Penny is going to uh, reach out and give Iovos' shoulder a reassuring squeeze. He puts his old hand on hers. We don't have all day. Right. What is our protocol now? Please provide me all of your loot, and we will go and examine it, make sure that it can be given to you. I hand him the bearskin. He takes it, looks at it. Okay. There was also a ring and a belt, I believe, that we collected. There was indeed. He takes all of your equipment, and he looks at the heads for a moment, and outstretches his hand. I do get to keep these, right? Assuming they are permissible. Okay. I will hand him three bloody heads wrapped in a sack. You are not the first of the servants of the Axis to take grim totems. He walks away. As he does, you see Pug coming through the large door that you entered when you first came into the collar. Now that was fantastic. Y'all are just blowing my mind right now. Ha <laughs> ha! Is there somewhere that I might be able to sit down for a spell? Yeah, we got seats right, right over there. He gestures towards what looks like a small waiting area. When Iavos detaches the plowshare from his back and leans it against the wall, he just kind of collapses into the chair, <laughs> staring at the floor, shaking. When Pug compliments the team, Penny's tail is going to wag a little bit and she's going to smile and, and just say, it was scary, but it was so much fun. It's only going to get better. Every time you get in there, you're just going to be coming out all fired up. I used to, uh, well, never mind, not important. Um, but y'all are doing good. Honestly, better than most novice teams. Hooray. <laughs> oh, don't be like that. Do you expect less from us? No, not at all. From what I could see in your dossier, I was expecting much less from Mr. Uh, Zadara here, but uh, yeah, well, I think you performed adequately. I'm not shaken because... I had to use my magic to destroy. I am shaken because of how good I was at it. Oh, poor me. My magic's just too damn good. I used a spell of mending and creation to undo an effigy of corpses, a family. Can't be thinking about it like that. That being said, that's why y'all got a five in ingenuity. We got your scores already. Judges were quick to this one. You got yourselves a five in teamwork. That's perfect score right there. We got you a five in ingenuity. Can't ask for better. Now, your valor took a bit of a hit because y'all ran from a fight. It's never a good look to be uh, turning tail and running, even when you're outnumbered. Plus, they weren't that hard of enemies, so you probably could have handled it. But I understand you want to keep the ball rolling. Now, your discipline. That's the hard one. That's one we got we to gotta pay a little bit more attention to. Now, it's normal. It's normal we all going to be having some issues with discipline, but y'all got a three. You tried stealth, you failed. You tried persuasion, you failed. You had to figure out a whole bunch of new solutions to problems, and you just kind of were all over the place. But again, that's normal for all your new basic novice teams. 
but I'm proud of you. You did good. Now, that means you've got a final score of 4.25. Now, you multiply that by 2 because of your proficiency bonus, and that gives you 8.5 glory. Is that good? That's very good. The average score for most novice ranked teams is somewhere in the neighborhood of about hmm, 3.9 right now, I think. So, y'all are ahead of the curve. I bet I could have killed him with that second attack. Or should have killed him with that second attack. Well, if I may make a suggestion, the battle was already won with your first strike. There was no need to spend glory like that. We can turn those into quint. Those can be used for future quests. You are feasting when we should be rationing. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the leak, but uh, you have to earn money to spend money. Novice teams usually run pretty poor. This was the first quest in the Axis this season. Everyone was watching. You trust me, that's going to make us more than it's going to cost us. Well, at the end of the day, I just would like us to have more discipline. Now, now, hold on, hold on. Now, you might have gotten a little confused about the uh, operation of things. Now, the way this breaks down is you got your standard glory pool. But when somebody pulling something absolutely sweet as a critical smite on a big bad, that looks good. That looks real good. And that gets you something called personal glory. Personal glory is temporary. You got to spend it by the end of the quest. But you can spend it freely, and that ain't going to hurt your overall score. In fact, spending your personal glory is how you get them big moves. Now, he did good there. But I did see you spending some points on that three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Good move. Bad play. That's a bit of a waste right there. I was not informed of his personal glory gain. Yeah, sorry about that. I probably should have done a little bit more to inform you about how this stuff works. But yeah, going forward, if you do something particularly impressive, that gets you personal glory for the quest. Usually it's not too much. Usually you get about one, but everybody was watching because it was, I mean, Hal Von Orison Jr., everybody's going to be tuning in for that one. So she got a fair amount of glory out of it. I hope Ophidian was watching that. He's going to be so mad. Then I must apologize, Hal. I did not know you had this personal glory. To be honest, neither did I. How are we supposed to know when we get it? I was trying to do your favor, kid. <laughs> I will say, young Hal, you seem to have quite an even, dare I say, simple temperament through most of our doings. I don't know who I was watching fight then. It was like another creature. I thought I was supposed to be the scary one. There's a lot to my legacy that you don't know yet. I thought you looked very cool. Quite hot, actually. My dad was a legend. I will be too. It takes some doing. I don't know what kind of headspace you got yourself into there, but it was damn fine. You seem a little bit resistant when you came into that fight, but once you let it go, I liked it. Keep that coming. I will keep my distance when I see that creature again. Anyway, looks like your loot's here. You see the large man coming back out with a tray and it seems to contain everything that you brought. He sets it down on a table in front of you. That is everything. It's all good. Yours to keep. I have identified the magical items for you, those that I can. I was curious about the magical nature of the items that were found, reads over this little dossier attached to them. Harness of the Waterborne. This is that belt that we found. Uh, Gaspar, in particular, found it. This leather double belt... With woven shapes, buckled smells of the sea, and feels cold to the touch. So long as they are submerged in water, the wearer of this belt gains a swim speed of 30 feet, advantage on constitution checks to survive drowning in water, and advantage on checks to avoid exhaustion as a result of swimming. And then the ring of the hidden mind. 
This simple silver ring has no distinguishing markings, save for an eye carved inside the band. The wearer of this ring is immune to mind-reading effects. Additionally, their alignment and creature type cannot be determined by magical means. Counter-magic can temporarily nullify the effect with a DC-14 spellcasting ability check. On success, the effect disappears until the wearer has completed a long rest. Very interesting trinkets indeed. I could not find any answers for this one, as he puts down the bag of heads. It is a bag of heads. There's something else in this. I think one skull was touched by necromancy a little too much. So I saw. You should continue on. We have other servants coming. But you have deemed it safe enough for me to keep. Yes. Excellent. I understand us stealing the bearskin rug. Is there some value to this grim effigy of heads? It is important to my work and my needs. I apologize if it offends your sensibilities. But it is necessary work. Can you see out of all the heads at once? Only one at a time. Oh, that would be so useful. Well, questions for another day. They've asked us to move on. Pug kind of puts his arm around Iavos' shoulder and helps him up. Would you mind carrying this for me? He says, gesturing to the plowshare. Sure, no problem. He grabs it, and there's like a moment where he hesitates, and then he picks it up well enough and then puts it on his shoulder. Thank you. You're uh, stronger than you look. It is heavy indeed. So, as you come out of the collar, you see that there's actually some amount of fanfare that's been set up. There's a table with catering and drinks. There seem to be treats and things like that. And everybody seems very excited. Most of the collar crew is out there just kind of celebrating. <sighs> is this for us? One guy looks up. No. It, it went through. Everything was fine. We had no mistakes. Oh, my God. A clean broadcast. Oh, I can't believe it. Hal just walks up and starts, like, putting food on a plate. <laughs> I slap someone on the back a little bit too hard. Perfect. Well, y'all did a fantastic job, and as far as I'm concerned, this celebration's for you. But, from what I can tell, y'all don't have any quests lined up. Usually it takes a while before another battle axis one comes. So, uh, there's every possibility you might get to sign something else by Fember. But for now, uh, I think y'all have some downtime, probably at least a few days. If you need me, I'll be around. Uh, you'll have to schedule some coaching, but... Uh, that's it out of me. Well, it seems since we are tethered together in our resources, we should perhaps negotiate these items and who they go to. I have suggestions, but I am very open to the dialogue. Since Penny is a plural, as she has been called many times now, and it seems to be a great point of curiosity to many, this ring, to hide one's nature, could benefit us in the future, should her plurality be a red flag on our team. That would suit me just fine. Honestly, being what I am, if they identified that quickly, they could do all sorts of things. Trap me in a magic circle, banish me. It might be good. And I, I don't really need the belt. Back home, we have an Olympic-sized swimming lake. It's <laughs> very so good. Bitch. Very good. It's, it's a lake the size of Mount Olympus. <laughs> Does this allocation seem adequate? I can't see any use for it myself. I'm not a hundred percent sure that the deer person wearing the ring is going to put anyone off from determining she's a deer person. I also don't think that shielding your thoughts from reading would silence much at all. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <What? laughs> you can't roast my boy like that. <laughs> uh, 
And at that, Iavo begins to chuckle. Hal does not get it. What was it? No, Halifan. I want them to think I'm a dear person because I'm not really a person. As for the belt, uh, based on what I have seen from our adventure, uh, Gaspar seems to have the most mobility and speed. Perhaps the belt would benefit him, but if you wish to have it, Hal, that is also understandable, since you wear armor and water can be quite dangerous. Ah, no thanks. I got my togs. I'm fine in the water. Not to mention that the leather straps are quite fetching with your ensemble. <laughs> Added with the fact that I don't have to breathe, perhaps I am best underwater. As soon as you hand each other your items, you see the collar crew kind of suggesting that you leave so that they can get back to work and or celebrating as needed. As Hal's leaving, he's just like throwing more stuff onto his plate. So it's like just heaping and I just walk <laughs> off with like a Scooby-Doo style overflowing plate. Perfect. These rolls of ham are stuffed with a creamed cheese. <laughs> <laughs> are there any like decorative flowers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Penny is just going to scoop a bouquet right out of a vase as everyone's grabbing food. She's going to inhale deeply and smile and just start chowing down. (laughs) (laughs) At first, people look at you kind of concerned, and then they just shake their heads and go back to what they're doing. It is so good. (laughs) Beautiful. The party begins to kind of ignore you and cold shoulder you until eventually you're urged out. And... You find yourselves back on your residential floor, ready to go home, ready to rest, all of you exhausted. But the next days are yours to do with as you choose. Gaspar is going to go to the nearest market and purchase a medium-sized bag of grain, a large jar of honey, and a large bottle of milk. Excellent. You actually do find everything you need at a local market. There's actually several of them, seemingly at every major division in a residential area. This one in particular is called the Short Rest. <laughs> That's nice. Are you going to get fucked up on oatmeal? Like what's? <laughs> <laughs> so walking through the market, you can just see a headless person in dark clothing with three bloody bags. And then in his like little shopping basket. The ingredients for a balanced breakfast. There you go. You're just calmly walking through the market. Somebody in one of the other aisles not seeing your head uh, ends up walking into you as you come around one of the corners and apologizes quickly before walking on. Once Gaspar gets back to his apartment, he is going to stab the bag of grain with a dagger. He's going to walk in a circle, ensuring that the grain keeps the circle unbroken. He is then going to... Mix the blood from the still dripping head of Nepet and the necromancer. Mix the honey and milk and that blood together in a bowl. And then rim his neck stump with the mixture. Excellent. As soon as you complete the circle on your neck, a black flame erupts from it. Gaspar is going to take the skull of the adventurer in the prison and hold that over his neck stump as if donning a helmet. As soon as you do, the black flame climbs up the skull and then dissolves and you know the soul has been consumed. He will then put the necromancer's head on his stump in a similar fashion. As you move to lift the great uncle's head, you catch a glimpse of something out of the corner of your eye. The shape of a man standing in the dark corner of your room. And from this man, you hear nice work. You should expect that of me. I didn't know what to expect. 
I wasn't sure I'd hear from you again. After all, this place is beyond my reach. Though not beyond that of my other servants, of course. We both know that that is not an option. Me ignoring you. Sure. But relax, servant. I do not expect your debt to be paid all at once. I've granted you your autonomy in good faith. And you have come through. And it is quality over quantity after all. He points to the head of Nebit. That one had power and love in life. It's yours to keep, but that one. And he points to the great uncle. That is a fine tribute. The soul is restless. It reeks of death and sin. Exactly your type. Indeed. I'll leave you to it. And, and a little something besides. I thank you for your generosity. As you say that, you realize he's not there anymore. When you place the head of the great uncle on your stump, the fire burns away the flesh, leaving behind the skull, charred and blackened, shrunken somewhat, but radiating with necromantic energy. And you know, through the voice of the one you spoke to, what it is. The skull of the restless dead. Bearing the remnants of the soul of a great necromancer, this skull radiates menacing insomniac energy. The skull has three spell charges. When the last charge is spent, roll 1d20. On a 1, the skull crumbles into dust. The caster is haunted for 72 hours by an unseen force. Recover all charges by avoiding rest for one 24-hour period. Bearer may expend charges for the following effects. One charge, spare the dying. Two charges, gentle repose. Three charges, animate dead. Tasty. That's very cool. (laughs) Very sinful. Gaspar is going to step out of the circle of grain. The black flame dies slowly. Gaspar will take the head of Nepet and whisper to it, You have not redeemed yourself yet. With that, the same gravitational pull from the stump will begin to pull forth the spirit of Nepet from the head. But instead of entering fully into the portal, it is just going to linger in between. This hazy, almost indistinct remnant of a soul drops to its knees and begins to plead with you. (laughs) Please, please, I was free. I was free. Please let me go. I regret what I've done. You think you are allowed to absolve yourself of your own sins? I, I did what I could to stop him. Did I not? It seemed like you were trying to escape the consequences of your actions. Look, that is fine. You will eventually be free. You just have to work for me for a little. Whatever you say, anything you say, I will happily do as you wish. Just promise me I will get to rest. Then tell me again of this work in the laboratory. Penny, you find yourself waking in the morning, stretching off the night's rest with the whole day ahead of you. What would you like to do? (sighs) Well, it is a new day. And though my clothes are mended, I could still use some spares for adventuring. My dress is not very suited to that. It's time to go shopping. (laughs) Excellent. You collect your things, those things that you need, and find your way down to the nearest commercial floor. As soon as you enter... 
you are bombarded with commerce everywhere you can see there are shops and uh, kiosks and people just assaulting you with goods to buy and services to render okay i'm going to i'm going to look around i am looking for clothing specifically excellent so is there is there clothing here yes there's a lot of options are you looking for something athletic something more adventurous something thematic all of the above. I, I am looking for something. Uh, I'm going to take after Hal a little bit, I think, and go with something with a more athletic cut. Mm. You know, maybe an eraser back. And then I'd I'd really like like a combat skirt. Excellent. At first, it's a little slow going. You're not used to the idea of having to buy things with money and to do things with people. But it quickly starts to become second nature to you. Everybody sees you and everybody gets excited. It is obvious that you are both a member of the League and a plural, which they don't get to see too terribly often. At least none of them are willing to buy things from them. And so you are treated very well. Oh, this is this is great. I wish the team was here with me. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to buy? You know, okay, after I have the clothes sorted out, and I'd like to buy like a few sets of clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay if they're identical, but a few of them. I would actually love some polish and, you know, maybe some patina remover to get to get working on this sword and shield. Excellent. It takes you a little bit to find a place that seems right. But eventually you come across a establishment called the Gilded Guard. It is an antique shop that specializes in arms and armor and devices that are common to heroes. The place is fit to bursting with suits of armor on posed mannequins, blades and bows, spears and shields surround you. Every item tells a story, and all of them bloody. But the man behind the counter, however, is the farthest thing from bloody. He is a doddering old thing. A shock of wispy gray hair tops his head. Heavy lines wrinkle his darkly tanned skin. A large hook nose holds up a pair of wire spectacles. As you approach the shopkeep, he takes notice of you, and with a wide, curious eyes, he says, Mew! Mew! Uh, hello, uncle. Um... I'm not sure I understand. Don't mind him. He's skittish around new axials. To your right, on the counter, lies a massive house cat, nearly four feet tail to tip. His thick, fluffy calico fur bristles as he stretches. Seen at a distance, you could mistake him for an ordinary house cat, simply enlarged. But as you take in the details, you see he's anything but ordinary. A fifth toe on each paw like a thumb a too-wide mouth with more teeth than any creature should have, and eyes like a man, thinking eyes, knowing eyes, yellow like beaten gold. Penny's going to bite down on her lip for a moment, and her hands are going to grab each other to stave off the uh, immediate desire to start petting this cat man. (laughs) Another sex cat. (laughs) Oh. I am Gilda, and that is my servant Rufus. What can I do for you, Faye? It's it's nice to meet you. I'm sorry if I made any assumptions. I have some bronze equipment that has a terrible patina, and I would really like something to polish it and you know, maybe some instructions. I don't have a habit of working with plural beings here, axials least of all. But you've joined the League, and that does tickle me a bit. I have a special concoction of my own design. It's yours free of charge, so long as at some point you bring your wares for me to ponder at a later date. Oh, of course. That sounds like a wonderful idea. What a charming little place. Of course. Rufus? 
Rufus comes up to you with what looks like a small jar of a viscous fluid. That will be all. Penny takes the fluid and hesitates for a moment before reaching up and scratching Rufus behind an ear. He looks at you with wide eyes and says nothing. He outstretches a hand that has what looks like instructions on it. Oh, thank you so much. I've never done this before. Have a fine day, Penelope Farthing, daughter of Calliope. Uh, and, and you as well. She seems a little shaken at this creature knowing not only her name, but her mother's name. He smiles a too wide smile. At that, she, she kind of gives a little bow and, and backs out of the shop a little nervously, smiling. Still reeling from the awkward encounter with this creature, you find yourself back home without any memory of how you got there, simply on autopilot. When you enter, you set aside the rag and cleaner that you bought. You remove your aspida and shifos from their protective wrappings. The teal patina gives depth and beauty to the bronze, yet to leave works of art so untended brings sorrow to your heart, a sensation you're still getting used to. You begin with the shifos, coating the blade and handle in a thick layer of the polish as instructed. After waiting the advised ten minutes, you set about buffing the handle, which cleans up well. The metals and woods gleam like nothing you've seen before. Yet as you move on to the blade, you find no such success. You begin buffing the flat of the sword in a circular motion, but as the cloth wipes away polish, there's no change in the patina. You begin to feel a rising heat in your chest and throat. Another emotion of which you've heard more than felt. Your circles become frantic, erratic, as the heat rises in your face. The anger mounts as your hand slips, running your wrists along the blade. The bronze bites through your skin, leaving a sanguine kiss along its edge. Ah. Your wound is forgotten as the blood seeps into the metal, leaving polished bronze in its wake. Uh, yes? I go and open the door. At your doorstep, you see a hunched creature. It has what looks like a tattered blanket pulled over its body. And from underneath, you see a hand outstretched with an envelope. Uh, of course. Uh, thank you. Of course. It's, it's, it's fine. You are, um, you are a farthing? Uh, yes, I am Penelope Farthing. This is very good. I have the right place. It makes me feel very good. Do you, um, uh, it is something to read and to play. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll understand when I open it. I will take the missive from him, and then I'll, I'll press a few gold coins into his palm. He screeches. No, no, it's not that. It's not okay. It's okay. He's fine. And he puts his foot on it and brushes it back onto your side of the door. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. His fingers and his toes seem very long and wrinkled and old. You can't make out any of his other features because of the shawl that he seems to be wearing, but he seems very nervous. Um, is that all? Is it? Is everything? You have a good one. You too. Thank you very, very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. He walks away a little bit and then turns back with it. Hey, Bye-bye. I'm going to shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> and I will open the letter and take a look. Inside you see what looks like a small piece of paper with a poem on it and four cards. 
The cards are ones you recognize. They're tarot cards. The King of Cups, the Queen of Blades, the Page of Wands, and the Knight of Stars. You seem to have a full court. As you read the poem, you begin to feel a faint fey magic from it. A king his cups all full of wine, he drinks to leave his past behind. A queen her blades are razor sharp, but cannot stop her beating heart. A page his wands beyond his ken, he does the works of greater men. A knight the stars within his eyes, he sees through all and tells no lies. Place them, flip them, down all four, then flip them up to know the score. For they are, though once much more, they've tales to tell and wine to pour. Bet a gold or shining quint, to lose it all or make a mint. So come you soon to Kinuent, before your life is lost or spent. What a, what a strange summons. I am going to lay the all four cards down, uh, face down, in sort of a diamond-shaped spread, and then one by one in a clockwise fashion, starting with the one at the top, I'm going to flip them over. As you flip each card, you see that their face is gone, and in their place is only the fool. Welcome back to EXPN. Experience the adventure. I'm Warren Rustborough. And I'm Dirk Bradley. A new day has dawned on the satellite city of Zenith, and a new battle axis quest awaits. I am amped, Rust. The transient exiles are scheduled to tackle a CR-7 quest, a two-step above their level. But it's no surprise the commission okayed the danger bump. With two paladins and two fighters, the exile's frontline stamina is unequaled. We now go live to Page Theta Row in the battle center with the exiles themselves. Thank you, Warren. I'm here with the transient exiles. Tell me, what was your first response when you heard you were taking on a higher level quest? Ha! I didn't even notice. I thought we were level 7. Who can keep track? Come now, let's be honest together. You just never counted that high before. I didn't know what an upside-down ailment. meant. Don't make me put you down, little man. But Azrael's right. I've forgotten every number but 5 and 12 and 5 again. Oh dear! Are you suffering some sort of amnestic attack? No, those are just the times for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And what about you, Bart? I imagine your runic background gives you quite the facility for numbers. What make you of this quest's threat level? That's Bartholomew, sir. A reporter should know better than to address an interviewee informally. And anyway, I'm no more a tactician than anyone else here. Grizzled veterans of dozens of scraps, the lot of us. <laughs> Sorry, Curious, I didn't mean to talk over you. You didn't speak over me, Master Bartholomew. Not you, old boy. Curious. Nothing curious about it. Just a misunderstanding. I certainly hope you understand that Ollie Amaranthus, curious to their friends, speaks telepathically, yes? You did do at least that much research. Oh, goodness! My crew must have forgotten to switch on the psionic receptors. Hello, can you hear me? I'm talking very loudly now. Yes, you're coming through very loud and not very clear. Sorry about that. Where were we? What do you think of the numbers? Oh, I find them deeply interesting. Twelve in particular. Sorry, Ollie, I already made the lunch joke. Oh, no. Uh, because of its religious and cultural significance. 
You see, I was reading about the Lambda Cluster. There's a small material plane known as the Dodecative Hall, where sound takes on some very unique properties. Yes, well, it would appear we've run out of time. Hey now, don't interrupt. We love all these story times. Hit us curious. Make it a long one. But... Dazzle us. Spell no detail. Um... While Paige enjoys a lecture on the dodecative hall of the Lambda Cluster... Aw, oh, man, I wanted to learn about the sound town and the weird noise stuff. Can I interest you instead in these messages from our sponsors? All right, fine, but I'm gonna be fussy about it. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Blessed be the body of the day, Father, that his colossal arms may protect us and guard us against the Night Mother. Indeed, Brother Mathis, and may his great eye be ever sharp to threats from without and within, as his thunderous steps are heard across the land. Yes, yes, indeed, Brother Gracchus. And may also the Great Father's mind hasten to the social grace that he might do something about <clears throat> the issues. Yes, indeed, Brother Pete. And, wait, what? You know, the hygiene issues? I'm certain I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, 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 I know it's not just me. Come on, guys. We were all on the same page when we cracked open Brother Dorf's new vintage. First of all, the guy's 200 feet tall and still wears a loincloth. Fine, whatever. If I have to stare at his divine aspect shaming me before my wife that's okay fine that i can deal but it's like a hot dog in a snake pit trim it up and while we're at it the nose hair really it's like a naked oak tree growing out of each nostril it is true that the men of the celestial harem have struggled to prune the heavenly edge with the artifacts they've been given artifacts 140 men with a giant pair of scissors do not a solution make and that's not the worst of it i mean the smell you can't expect a gross of slick lads to keep a thousand acres of musky dad fresh and clean by themselves the guy's own scripture calls for men to be smooth as carven marble and fragrant with herbal unguents i'm just saying we hold him to his own standards but what can we do we are but humble servants i'm glad you asked brother mathis i went ahead and tapped into the interplanar nexus and found some outside help but from whom from manscaped i snagged an enlargement spell and a few gifts for father's day the ultra smooth package includes a crop exfoliator that'll freshen up the heavenly groin a high grade crop gel to lubricate the shaving of the celestial zone and with the crop shaver shave don't you think that's a little bit extreme brother nope we're cutting to the quick my boys smooth as a baby's bottom and wrinkly as an old man's face Plus, the Weed Whacker will take care of that hellish thicket he's sporting in each wind tunnel. Let him breathe easy, knowing his nostrils will be clean for all eternity. Okay, well, perhaps... That's not all. We've also got Refined. Manscaped's amazing cologne. Instead of the pungent musk of a man who hasn't showered since the Great Deluge, citrus, jasmine, and vetiver will dance over hill and dale. 
and in accordance with the fourth edict, all Manscaped products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, dye-free, and vegan. You too can get all of these amazing items and so much more at 20% off and with free shipping when you use the promo code LUQ. That's 20% off the entire package just in time for Father's Day with the promo code LUQ. So what are you waiting for? Let's Manscaped God himself. Thank you, Manscaped. Hey, all you cuties. Welcome to the mid-roll, where the podcast shirt tucks into the podcast trousers. I guess that makes me the belt. We hope you're starting to fall in love with Season 2 of the LUQ Battle Axis as much as the players love playing in it. There are countless stories and mysteries waiting to unfold as you get to know our PCs and the world Zack is building. We hope that you'll be hooked. If you're new to the podcast, you can check out the flagship season of LUQ Season 1 with over 112 episodes to binge before hitting the dreaded wall. TheLUQ.com is your source to connect with us on social media, browse merch, see LUQ news, and read about the players and their personal projects, not to mention joining the Patreon. We have a lot of rewards waiting for you there, including becoming a member of the Battle Axis and having your character mentioned on the show, or becoming one of our legendary patrons who grace the mid-roll. Speaking of legendary patrons, our active teams are the Ceaseless Horde, the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, and this week's featured team, the Titans Rise with Darsmail, Andrew42, Timothy Southern, and Evelet. We stream! We're streamists! We play a lot of games during the week on Twitch, so if you want to hang out with me or Zach, visit twitch.tv forward slash slap streams to catch tons of Pokemon Nuzlocks, retro games, Minecraft, and whatever else we feel like. Monday nights we stream new episodes of the LUQ with fans, followed by a Q&A. Wednesdays me and Zach stream our cooperative Pokemon Soul Link, which we both have a ton of fun with. And right now, we're playing through Pokemon Black and White. To send us cool stuff or fan art, the P.O. Box is 230091 Tigered Oregon 97281. No homemade food, please. Let us know if you send something or plan on sending something so we can be sure to check it, because it's new to us and we're not used to having it yet. We've been growing, and that's because of you. Please help us keep up this momentum and make sure we keep producing LUQ and other projects for a long time to come. We're so grateful for all of you. And if you love the show, sharing it with your friends, co-workers, family, and sworn enemies keeps fuel in our collective media tanks. We love you all. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the Battle Axis. A Night on the Town you wear your hair pinned up. You wrap your favorite necklace around your neck, radiating with magical protection. You don your ceremonial armor you've taken into countless battles. You whisper the name of your god into the blade of your sword before you step out into the street. But something is missing. A final touch. You already inspire them with your power. Now leave your memory in their senses with a fragrance fit for the gods. Chanel Divinity. Just a drop will leave you smelling like an angel. A scent that turns evil and summons faith. Bless their noses with some divine scents with Chanel Divinity. Hal wakes up on the floor, wrapped up in his bearskin rug, originally intending to find a good place for it. You hear a knock at the door. 
Uh, yeah. Who is it? I come on behalf of the AAA. Oh, yeah? Well, come in then. Um, I don't think I can. He jingles the door. Open sesame or some shit. Come on. I get up and I go and open the door. <laughs> the man standing before you seems very plain. He has uh, simple blonde hair cut very tight and short. He has a kind of athletic build and he seems to be dressed like he's in some kind of sport. Hi there. Um, I was sent by the dean of the AAA, Glenn Armistice, to retrieve you. Oh. Well, all right. Hal gestures back to the rug in the middle of his beachfront cabana's floor and goes, do you like the rug? Really ties the room together, doesn't it? Uh, well, I'd say it is, uh, it's certainly high quality. Whether or not it matches the decor... Mm. Oh, it absolutely does the opposite of tying the room together. <laughs> Hal does not recognize this. Uh, why don't you get dressed and uh, we'll go on a little trip. Hal looks down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Takes you a little bit to get get yourself uh, situated. Not sure whether or not you're going to be killing things or just saying hello to people. But it's the same outfit either way, really. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But eventually, the man starts leading you on the way. I'm Scott, by the way. Uh, Scott Humphreys. I'm Hale. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, I'm hoping to make novice next year, but for now, I'm just in training. Keep hoping. Hmm. <laughs> That's what Hal says. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop believing. I was a huge fan of your dad, but I'm, I'm sure you've heard that a lot. Yeah. I was I was a pretty big fan, too, you know? All things considered. He's dead when I knew him, but... <laughs> he just kind of gets awkward and quiet after that. You find yourself to one of the docks a couple floors below you, and you find a AAA-branded, simple kind of schooner waiting for you. You go up the ramp, and it takes off, and... Instead of going out some distance or finding its way to the ring, it just goes down a few floors in hub and then stops next to what looks like an open port inside the wall. All right, uh, I'm going to leave you here and uh, you just go in there and then you go up the stairs and then you just keep going to the left and you'll find your way. Yeah, good shout. Uh, Thanks, chum. (laughs) Give him a slap on the back and walk off. Excellent. Yeah, the dock seems to just be like an open, simple dock that anybody can just let somebody off on, almost like for taxis and the like. You go up the stairs and then you take a left down a small hallway and then eventually you find yourself going up a marble staircase to a set of large double doors. On the other side of the double doors, you see the main floor of the Academy of Adventuring Arts. It's a departure from the rest of Hub. Gone are the sterile white walls. Gone is the cold arcane illumination and the oppressive magitech. Instead, you find yourself in the reception area of what could be a university on any number of material planes. The carved and lacquered wood walls meet checkered marbled floors and reach up to find vaulted ceilings. A young man at a desk on the far end of the room clears his throat to call your attention. He would no doubt have waved if he had arms with which to do so. Instead, his incredibly thin and hunched torso rounds at the shoulder, as though the race had no need for them. An assumption that is immediately confirmed when a sheet of paper rises from the desk before the receptionist's face. He has a handsome face, which is accentuated by his lack of any and all hair. Instead, an uncut gem is set into his brow, and from it radiates simple line tattoos which spread across his scalp. He levels solid white eyes at you. Mr. Orison. Oh, yeah, it's me. You are expected. Please, come with me. He rises from the stool to a surprising height. 
His bare feet gently slap against the marble as he leads you up a nearby stair and down another hall to an ornately carved door bearing a nameplate for Glenn Armistice, Dean of the AAA. A rope hanging next to the door seems to pull itself, and you hear a bell on the other side. Come in. The door opens smoothly. Inside is a study of impeccable quality and refinement. The walls are lined with bookshelves with sliding ladders to reach them. An Art Deco fireplace radiates warmth from a fire with no fuel. But it is the great mahogany desk which dominates the space, due in no small part to the man behind it. His chin-length hair and neatly trimmed beard are chestnut brown, streaked with gray. His clear blue eyes are stern below thick eyebrows, but the sternness disappears at the sight of you. Congratulations. Uh, for, for what? For making it here. Even for somebody with your pedigree, it's uh, quite an accomplishment. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Please, come in. Sit down. Sure thing. Uh, sorry, uh, I would have dressed up a bit more. Didn't realize it was an armistice day. Uh, what? No, d- sit down. <laughs> I sit down. <laughs> you know this this office could use? A beer skin rug? You ever thought about that? Actually, yes, that... That would do well. I've always thought them a bit tacky. Yeah. It's all right, though. I mean, with the fireplace and all. I, I, I'd look into it. Uh, sorry, anyway. Um, I lost my train of thought. No, uh, congratulations. This is this is a big accomplishment for you. You you were even the first to uh, enter the battle axis. Yeah, that was fun. Sort of. A lot of zombies. Yeah, well, you'll be dealing with those and much more. Yeah. It's a weird team I've landed on, isn't it? Yeah, uh, to say the least. I, uh, <laughs> you were my first choice, honestly, but uh, new members of the administration get to cherry pick before the draft to give them a fighting chance in the ratings. Yeah, to be honest, uh, it's, it's rather mutual. Uh, I was hoping that I'd go to the AAA. I'm sure you were. I'm a bit confused about what's going on, really, but uh, it's just novice rank. It goes away eventually. Right. Well, originally, we wanted you, and then when we found out we had to go with Ashpool, we were disappointed. But he's a good kid. Uh, Sorry, he's a bit of an asshole. (laughs) That's a good one. No, he's he's a heel, and he plays the heel well, but we wanted something a little bit more dynamic for the new season. We were looking to put somebody into hero and eventually champion as quickly as possible. We need a face. We need someone who can rally the crowd and really bring the energy and so far unfortunately the crop of new students have been lackluster well you've always got scott for next year oh scott (laughs) right no (laughs) well look the fact is this is a organization governed by rules and laws and sometimes those rules can be used to our benefit and sometimes they can be used to our detriment (sighs) You see, I had somebody play the rules to hurt me recently, and I would like to do that back. When a novice team graduates from novice, when they pass the Forge Challenge, usually they don't get to stay a full team. They're broken up, and that's usually how it goes. And what I'm asking you is that maybe you encourage this behavior. Yeah? Yes. 
You see, as long as your team decides to work together, they can stay a team, and that team can move and do whatever they'd like, and no doubt I'm sure the commissioner would like you to join his team, become his hero rank. But if you were to, say, decide you didn't want to, and the decision wasn't unanimous, then the contract that holds your team together wouldn't hold it together anymore, and they would all become free agents. I can't see that going very well. That's what I'm looking for. See, I don't want the commissioner to get what he wants. I don't want anybody to get what they want just because they want it. And quite frankly, I want you. So how does that sound to you, Al? Well, it sounds complicated, because if you want me but you don't want anyone to get what they want, then you wouldn't get me either. So is this Forget, a... forget that. Forget that. Yes, sir. You are... You are a prize. And I think I can win you over. You see, I have no doubt in my mind that the the commissioner is going to play by the rules and offer you a reasonable salary for your work. But I can offer you much more. Free custom-tailored tutoring sessions with actual legends from both local and battle axis leagues. I can guarantee that you have the best start when you begin your professional career. And all I'm asking is that you don't sign a piece of paper. I could probably do that. Think about it. Your your father and I, we were friends a long time ago. Back in my league days, he and I used to get into the occasional scrap. I eventually quit the league, but he went on to do great things. But I'm sure that we can help you achieve even greater things. I can't remember him ever talking about you. I'm trying to think, and I just can't do it. <laughs> it's. You, I know your name. Did you have an adventuring name, maybe? Maybe he called you something different? No, I didn't. Oh. (laughs) Anyway, think about it, Hal. I think we could go far together. And, quite frankly, I think your talents will be wasted on a do-gooder like the Commissioner. In the meantime, take this. He reaches under his desk and pulls out a bag. Just some odds and ends that I thought you might enjoy. I open the bag. Uh, maybe, maybe you'll... Do that in your in your in your quarters. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I peek in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Inside, you see uh, sort of your standard swag fare, high quality uh, athletic equipment and things like that, specifically designed for the AAA, and some food and other treats. You see a couple bottles of wine, what have you. T-shirt, pair of boxers. Exactly. Water bottle. And then you also catch a glimpse of what looks like a jewelry box before the receptionist you saw earlier comes up to you and says, shall we go? Oh, yeah. This this sounds good. Well, thanks, uh, Mr. Armistice. Is that your title? Please. (laughs) Call me Glenn. Oh, Glenn. Nope. And then I leave. (laughs) (laughs) You are led back to that small dock uh, where another another ship is waiting for you. This one's decidedly less grandiose. And it takes you back to your room. On the ship, you open your little gift, and inside the jewelry box, you see a ring. Plain gold. And a little note that says, Protection... One. Ayavos. Hmm. Ayavos does not sleep that night. He spends the night sitting on the corner of his bed, looking across the room at the plowshare, 
casting a long shadow against the wall, whispering to himself, Tools of creation, reforged into weapons of war. Is that what I've become, father? At that, you hear a knock at the door. (laughs) Goodness, at this hour, who could it be? There's no windows in this room, but there is a device that allows you to affect a window on one of the walls. As you activate it, you realize it's midday. Oh dear. Seem to have zoned out a bit. (sighs) Coming! Uh, Quickly, like, using his hands to fold out the wrinkles in the blanket where he was sitting and goes over. Who's there? It's Rain. Oh, uh, slide the door open. You see Rain standing on the other side. She's wearing a short-sleeved yellow leather jacket with a high collar and a tank top underneath. Her legs are clad in light-plated greaves. Her customary spectacles are replaced with a shaded pair, and her auburn mohawk is now bright pink and done up. You're looking very bold. I like to look bold when I'm off duty. (sighs) I have a... May I come in? Oh, please. Uh, I don't have any chairs, but you're welcome to sit on the bed with me. That's okay. I don't need to sit. You're not a prisoner. You understand that, yes? In the here and now, that is true. But there are... There are manners of symbolism that would disagree with your statement. Fair enough. But we don't imprison you. If you don't want to be here, you don't have to. I realize that we've gotten off on the wrong foot, somewhat. You've wandered into a world you don't understand, and I want to make sure that you don't feel pressured or contained. Right. Well, for what it's worth, I find you quite charming. Thank you. Well, the intent is that once you achieve hero rank and we have your signature and you've joined our team, that your freedoms will expand dramatically. As novice rank, it's not uncommon for you to feel like an intern. Um, sorry, that might be lost on you. A servant or a prisoner. Right. That being said, you will be granted freedom, and that will happen, and, and you'll have everything you need, but for now there's... For now there's a gift I'd like to give you. Very well. It's better shown than explained, so if you'll come with me... Yes, of course. Though I will say that that which I find most imprisoning are the questions I have. Yes, and I would love to give you more answers. And hopefully, you'll get some soon. I'm going to leave the plowshare in my room. That's fair. As you walk out into the bright noonday sun, rain leads you down the corridor to an elevator and eventually to Omega Dock, where there is a small ship waiting for you. It's just a simple thing. Looks no bigger than a dinghy. It seems designed for two people to take privately. As soon as you enter, you lift off the docking ring and fly towards the outer ring. The ring of Zenith. Nothing like a little fresh air to waken me up. Yes, unfortunately this air is not so fresh. I understand you don't have uh, context for that, but this is all recycled. Hopefully soon we'll be able to get you some material plane time. You land in one of the many shipyards in the ring. She leads you out into the main promenade, and after a brief walk, you find yourself at a small restaurant. It seems to advertise noodles in a complex broth. The name of the place is written in a language, some kind of symbol you don't recognize. But as soon as you enter this small, narrow establishment, everybody in the place says, Irashaimase! Kind greeting, hello! (laughs) I I like this place. 
It's from a smaller plane, one that doesn't quite have the um, high profile that uh, many material planes are used to. But I didn't bring you here for the noodles, though you should have some. Instead, I'd like you to meet her. She gestures to the back of the space. I look to see what she's gesturing towards. You see an older woman, possibly in her late 50s or early 60s. She wears a gray, unadorned headband, not unlike a habit. Her hair flows down to her waist, gray and white at the roots, and red below her shoulders. She has gray-green eyes, and despite her advanced age, a seeming youthfulness to her face. Her hands fiddle with a knotted rope, at the end of which is a small, smooth, gray stone ring, about the size of a silver dollar. At her neck is a collar, fastened in the front by that same stone ring. I'll be waiting here. Oh, uh, I guess I'll just go and introduce myself to this stranger. Rain sits down at the bar and orders something in a language you don't understand. I move over towards this uh, long-haired woman and very kindly give a little bow. Uh, Very kind to meet you. My name is Iavos Isadora. Oh, I know. You've watched me on the scry, then? (laughs) I've watched over you a lot longer than that. You've... Sorry, I, it occurs to me that you've never met me, technically. I am his vet. I'm, I was, your caretaker. You're the one who watched over my sleeping body. Yes. I immediately, like, lean over the table and just go in for a big hug. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Yes. And she returns the hug. Yes. I, I compose myself a little more and sit down across from her. Sorry if this sounds strange, but I recognize the scent of you now. I feel as though it's been in my nostrils for a long time. That's, that makes sense. Please, please, I have so many questions. And I am happy to answer them for you. But I am told that my presence here is not strictly legal, and I don't know how much time I have to answer them. Bartholomew Walson feints left and draws the Greg Alpha away from the pack, while Blade Breaker and Curious hold off the horde. The Runic Knight has his hands full. I don't know if he's gonna... Oh! Oh! And Azrael Vilnius steps out of the shadow with his newly found Shade Ring and delivers an astounding critical sneak attack. The Grick are scattering in the wake of their fallen leader. With minimal injury and an outstanding clear time for this extermination quest, the transient exiles have earned the right to take a knee. Oh, don't get me wrong, I love a bit of character drama and the slow arc of a dungeon explored, but nothing beats two back-to-back action-packed showstoppers. Murder mansions and Grick nests are all well and good for keeping the heart rate up, but there's something to be said for a slow burn. I, for one, hope Team Metal and Mana can give us what we're looking for. I couldn't care less. I want blood-squirting, heart-farting action that glues your butt cheeks to the edge of the seat. I feel like I know, and probably shouldn't ask, but what, pray tell, is a heart fart? You know when you're sitting around doing nothing and all of a sudden your heart just goes... Like arrhythmia? I mean, I guess. All I know is that's the feeling I want from a quest. Well, metal and mana is in line for an infiltration. Hopefully your flatulent heart will be able to eat itself out. I don't know what happened there. You sounded like me. That is trouble. 
but uh, it's nothing compared to the trouble metal and mana will get into next time in the Battle Axis. <laughs> we need to talk about who's going to do the outro. <laughs> Hey, I guess it can be me. I think I skipped it the entire last session. Oh, so. Yeah, that sounds right. I think that might be the case. Awesome. Well, let's start by going around the table, starting with me, because hey. I'm in Sam's old chair. <laughs> My name's Michael Loving. I play Halifan Orison Jr., the third level Asimar Paladin. I thought you took Claire, a barbarian this level. And you now barbarian. <laughs> we need a portmanteau of the two. But mm-hmm. that hasn't quite come up yet. Paul Bearer? Paul <laughs> yeah. Bearer? Actually, I, I, I had that thought, yeah. Yeah. Barbaradin is a silly word, but it works. Yeah. Yeah, pa- Baradin's not bad. Palbarian. Palbarian. Yeah, I don't know. I'm the Drew Barrymore this time. No. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Angelo Kaluog. I play Gaspar, the headless rogue of the Phantom subclass. Ooh. I am Dana Ebert, and I play Penelope Farthing the Fae. And like the Fae, I am... Literally sustained by your attention and adoration. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at MrStainaRPG. Penelope Farthing is a bard lock and currently a little heavier on the lock. <laughs> My name's Law. I, I play Ayavos Isadora, witness to the Withering Acre and Thayer's level two wizard, level one cleric. For those of you who's been asking like crazy what my <laughs> class composition is. <laughs> Do you do anything else for the company? I occasionally creative direct things. (laughs) (laughs) Resident Photoshopist. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Streamer of Pokemon Nuzlocks. Exactly. Without you, my Nuzlocke game would be very weak. Zach's been out Nuzlocking the shit out of me. I have no free time. I just started a new job. The Soul Link would be really weird if it was just Zach. (laughs) Just me playing two different games. Well, thank you all for coming. Oh, I have to introduce myself. I'm Zach Barkas. I'm the Dungeon Master and... uh, technical director producer person for slapdash studios i also want to thank hediger the editor mm-hmm. for his fantastic work editing the this. what hediger the editor yeah it is oh there we go. i think you use the actual <laughs> oh, word and it's foreign to me that can't be accepted and then i'd also like to thank golden stylus for their work on our beautiful maps you can find them at uh, patreon.com slash golden stylus yeah so thank you all for coming this was a great episode i really had fun doing it i'm sorry i had to cut it short for you love <laughs> Dramatic timing is important. It builds yeah. tension. I have a question, though. What was the MVP and play of the game? Oh, mm-hmm. man. What was you the have a, You have a lot of questions by the sounds of things. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to put a vote in for play of the game being the very casual sick burn of Hal not knowing who the fuck this guy <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> was, Michael, you had me in fucking stitches over here. <laughs> that was some shade. I felt the pain. You never mentioned him. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was like, I mean, Hal knows who this guy is. He's the AAA director, and he's like, yeah, I knew your dad. And I'm like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And I perhaps, everybody says they know my dad. Yeah. And perhaps, oh, that was the play of the game. I think the MPC. I don't know, maybe MVP. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> the MPC it's, MVP. It's, yeah. it's not specifically an NPC MVP, but that's how we've been awarding it almost every <laughs> right, game right, so right. far. Maybe Gaspar's weird shadow patron guy? Scott. Yeah. Or no, it's got to be Big Kitty. I was not ready for that. You give a cat thumbs and it's just Wait, it wins hold on. too much bias. Is it the to, big to the cat? Is it the big cat or is it Rufus the man with the cat voice? Big Kitty. <laughs> okay, okay.
Thumbcats yeah, win my two, heart. Two thumbs up for that cat. Oh, uh, yeah. They are one entity in my heart anyway. Technically four thumbs in this case. Oh, yeah. Completely guess, inseparable. Yeah. Perfect. Well, um, I'm glad you enjoyed the, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed Gilder, uh, the strange cat creature. Uh, as you probably know, the show goes live every fucking Monday. Monday. Mm. Monday. 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 Hashtag. Hashtag. If you guys want to find out more information, go to theluq.com or slapdashstudios.com. They both go to the same place. Yeah. Feel free to check us out on all of our social media. They'll be hard to find if you don't just use the website. Uh, strongly recommend you join our Discord where we have literally the coolest community in the entire world, especially as we grow bigger. I'm surprised we haven't had more toxicity. I, I love them so much. I would like to point out, because I realize we don't do this, there is a spoilers page in the Discord. You can join the Discord before you're caught up on the show. Yes. Lots of people have been saying they've been waiting to catch up. That is not necessary. Yeah, and we do encourage everybody to spoiler tag all their their mentions. Yep. So honestly, your risk of finding out information you don't want to find out is very minimal. And these nerds police each other real good. <laughs> yeah. There's also an RP segment for those of you out there who are patrons at the $25 level and up. We're playing around with how we want to go with that going forward. But honestly, I love the RP they've been doing. It's been really fun. Yeah, I, I dipped my toes in there, and I could not keep up. These people love to RP. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's really our entire show. Uh, we're s slowly growing, and recently we've been having a big burst, but I would love to see that keep up. So if you're out there and you like the show and you don't know how to support us, the best way to do it would be to just get the word out. Share it. Share it intimately. Share it mm. deliberately. Don't mm. just dump us on your social media. Find a friend who you know would love it and just shove the commercials down their throat. That seems to be the big hook. Dry and next, and next time your spouse asks you what you're thinking, say, about the League of Ultimate Questing. Exactly. Drive up to make out rock, look out over the horizon at sunset, and just put LUQ on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> The new makeout track yeah. of the season. No more. Gone, gone is Marvin Gaye. In is... Yeah, playing right wah, before wah. you go for the kiss. Come on, nothing can't get sexier better. than combat fanfare. Anyway, <laughs> you guys have been great. Love having you. And until next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>